You're listening to Accented the Podcast. This series is dedicated to listening comprehension. In each episode, you will hear a conversation with someone who has a different accent. By listening to a variety of accents, it will help your understanding in the real world. In today's episode, you will hear from Adeline, who was a refugee from Lebanon and she now lives in Australia. Hello and thanks for joining me for another episode. Welcome if you're new to the podcast. This is Accented and I am just still blown away by how many people are listening to the podcast. There are over 100 countries listening. To be exact, there are 101 countries. So hopefully I can boost that number up and in every single country in the world, uh, we could have listeners of Accented. So today I'll be chatting to Adeline, uh, and that is the French pronunciation. Uh, in English, she has a lot of people say Adeline. So I will go with the French pronunciation because Adeline is from Lebanon, and Lebanon was colonized by the French in the 1920s. So if you have been to Lebanon, you will notice that on their money – that it is written in French. So Adeline lives in Australia. Her accent is really difficult to pinpoint. When I say pinpoint, it's hard to say where her accent comes from because she came to Australia as a young girl and she was a refugee. She came over when she was six years of age. Her first language was French and she also speaks Lebanese. Lebanese is just another dialect of Arabic. So I wouldn't say Adeline's accent is Australian, even though she lives here and she spent quite a lot of her life living here. But then her accent is not Lebanese-Australian. What I mean by that is Sydney has a large Lebanese population now, second-generation Lebanese Australians sometimes have a distinct accent and Adeline does not fit into that accent either. So when you hear her, you may not go, oh, she's Lebanese Australian. So what I found is that Adeline's accent is probably quite a neutral English accent. Now, I mentioned that Adeline was a refugee who came out to Australia when she was about six years old. A refugee is a person who is escaping their country. So Australia allows so many refugees in each year and you have to prove that you need to leave your country because it's not safe and that you're in a dangerous situation. Lebanon is a country that is found in the Middle East. It shares borders with Syria and Israel. Between 1975 and 1990, there was a civil war going on in Lebanon. Adeline was born in the 80s and her family decided to flee when they had the chance they escaped Lebanon. Adeline mentions in the interview that when they first left, they left by boat and went to the island of Cyprus. Cyprus is a small island that is 
in front of Lebanon and also above Cyprus is Turkey and Greece. Let me go over some vocab for you. So Adeline says the word war-torn. Now we use that term when there's a country that is ravaged by war, that has been torn apart. So the country doesn't look like it used to look. And she said war-torn Lebanon. Now Lebanon is not in war, so it doesn't look like that anymore. She also used the word intermittently. Now, intermittently means that you're not doing it all the time. It just happens every now and then. Adeline mentioned that when she was born, they had to sedate all the women in the hospital who were going to give birth that day or in the coming days. Now, to sedate somebody means that you are calming them down, usually with drugs. So you would give them something to calm them down. Adeline also used the term panic mode. Now, panic mode is when you're not thinking straight. And she said a couple of times that they were in panic mode and they just had to run. And when you're in panic mode, you are just running and you're trying to think of just to save yourself. So it's a bit of no idea what's going on. I'm going to run. And you just are trying to do something to save yourself. I think it's time to get on with the show. Today we are chatting with Adeline, or should I say Adeline? Adeline, yes. And she is Australian who has a very fascinating story because she was born in Lebanon and came out here as a refugee at six years of age. Um, Adeline, can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I was born in war-torn Beirut. My parents uh, lived intermittently on the ground and uh, then we went on with our usual day. Uh, The day I was born, the hospital was actually being bombed. So uh, they had to sedate all of the people in the maternity ward. Yeah, I lived about six months underground. And for the next six years, we'd live between the village, which was safer, and then we'd come back down to Beirut. Do you have much memory of that time? Uh, I, yeah, I do. I do have a lot of memories, uh, even running away. Like, So we'd be sitting normally at, uh, in our apartment, and then uh, we'd get a warning and we'd all rush down. And I do remember running down because it, it was such... It was like a panic mode, so I'd remember running down and hiding in the in my dad's warehouse. So it was also his workplace. But I also have really, really great memories. I find that uh, when you're a child and your parents are really good at sheltering you and making you feel like everything's okay, and you're spending a lot of time at not going to school and hanging out with your cousins, you tend to see it as an adventure and my parents were great at making me feel safe and fearless. So we, we got through it and by the age of six, we moved on to to Australia because uh, it was getting much worse. We escaped by boat to Cyprus and then we flew out to Sydney. It was tough for my dad because he had to leave his parents behind and it It was a tough decision. He had to choose between keeping us safe and uh, 
leaving his parents probably for good. Yeah, that is difficult. Has your dad been back to Lebanon? Yeah, so we went back in the 90s when it all calmed down again, so early 90s. And we had a new addition, my brother, who was born in Australia. We basically stuck together. We moved back in the 90s for 12 years and then we came back out here. And what was the reason to move back? So my father's uh, work, his career was in Lebanon. It was always temporary. Our life was always Lebanon. We, we loved living there. It was just not safe. And sometimes uh, careers don't work out in Lebanon because of the economy, the situation. Now in Australia, you have a company called Beirut Bound where people can organise tours to visit Lebanon? Yeah, I'm a travel concierge, so I basically organise all all parts of the experience. I coordinate all services using travel providers and uh, I, I'm on, I, I offer the travel concierge services, which is uh, being on call, a reach out anytime programme. So they can call me at anytime. Great. And going back, you said concierge. Uh, I didn't mention that your first language was French. Yes. My first six years, uh, I went to Nazareth, which is a French school in Lebanon. And uh, because we were colonized in the 20s by the French, uh, it really influenced the the Lebanese lifestyle. And uh, I spoke French fluently for my first six years. And uh, Lebanese was always my second language. After I moved to Sydney, uh, English became my first language and Lebanese remained my second language. So it it was always there. Uh, we grew up speaking French at home and with my cousins and my friends. When you came to Australia, when you'd come home from school, would you speak French with your parents? Uh, no, we lost that. We went, we shifted to English very quickly, actually. We adapted to lifestyle. Something that's really cool that you're doing is you've gone back to Lebanon um, as an adult and you've been working on a, an eco-friendly mission. Is that right? Or can you explain a bit yeah, about that? So in 2015, uh, they closed a waste dump in uh, Lebanon and this caused a problem with the government and with a company that used to pick up rubbish and send it to that waste dump. Uh, there was no more. There was no place to to dump the trash anymore, and the rubbish was just piling up everywhere on the streets, causing illnesses. It smelled so bad. They started an organization called You Stink. Uh, protests were everywhere because people were not able to go about their day to day lives. Uh, the the reason they closed the dump to begin with was also a health problem. It was just rubbish piling up, and people who had lived there for years were were coming up with all these illnesses that were only uh, only happening in a high in high quantities in that area. Uh, so uh, I I when I came back to see what was happening, there were protests and people reacting, and NGOs were. Uh, popping up and recycle companies and people were trying to find other ways to deal with that waste and I found that uh, we we have 
this trash crisis happening all over the world. But the reason that it was exploding in Lebanon was because it was so such a small country. And uh, in some ways I saw it as a positive. I thought because now we can see our waste. You know, it was right there in front of us and we had to do something about it. So, and everyone started to stand up and do something about it. Whereas when you have countries as big as Australia, you could just hide it and everyone can go about their day-to-day lives without problems. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of that. I, I don't know what I would do if everything just stopped being collected. How do you deal with it? That's crazy. How is Lebanon now with their waste? It, it, uh, it's an ebb and flow. So recently there was another area where they were not picking up rubbish and it smelt really bad. And then they would clean it, I think, for the wrong reasons. They'd clean it because they have an event there or something like that. So I feel like uh, it is an ebb and flow. I don't feel like, uh, although there are some things that have improved, there are others that are not cha- that have not changed. And as long as people don't see the waste, they they go back to their lifestyle. What is it like out in the in the countryside of Lebanon? You were saying it's quite natural. How do people live there? Do they live quite wasteful lives, or are they a bit more waste free? No, they live the same kind of lives. But in Lebanon, you'll find that people do things that uh, we don't do here. We already have. Uh, you, you know when you go to a market and you've got loose food, like you've got food that's out, the, the nuts, the seeds, uh, rice, you can actually purchase it and put it in your own bag. So a lot of things are not packaged in some places. So we do have some things that are easier. To, we have some things that make make it easier to live, live a waste-free life. Uh Whereas I find here everything is packaged and we don't have much access to to uh, loose products, that's, to bulk products. That's true too. I even noticed in Europe um, when I lived there and you go to the markets, you could buy uh, things like rice and your legumes and things like that. Uh, you could bring your own containers and pay mm. for it without it being uh, packaged in plastic. Well, thank you so much, uh for chatting uh, to me today about your projects. Yeah, I, I'd love to be, get in contact with you about your Beirut bound, uh, uh, what did you say, concierge? Travel concierge, that's right. Lebanon's one-stop travel, travel concierge. concierge. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd love to because I have heard that Beirut is meant to be the uh, Paris of the Middle East. That's right. Yeah. It is stunning. Yeah, it's beautiful with its nature and its people and just vibrant. It's yeah, it's a very vibrant place. Well, good luck with your Beirut Bound. I'll put up the website so people can come and visit it. And also you have your own site, um, your yep. Eco Warrior cactus. site. What's that called? That's right. It's, it's Be a Cactus. It's, it's, a cactus is a good symbol of, uh, you know, taking being sustainable and being uh, taking care of oneself and, being uh, I, I find it a symbol of responsibility I know that cactus has a lot of meanings uh, but it's uh, it is one plant that does take care of its uh, surroundings and it's self-sustained as well thank you so much Adeline thank you Kim bye
Adeline has such an amazing story. I can't even imagine what it would have been like growing up in Lebanon during the Civil War. I'll just go over some words that Adeline used in the interview. She said that she is a travel concierge. Now, concierge is a French word and in some flats or apartment buildings in Europe, you will find somebody that is downstairs who lives in the apartment building, or they may not live, but they greet people when they come in. So that could be the concierge. Another definition for concierge is somebody who helps someone else plan their trip somewhere. So Adeline has a business where she is helping people plan their trip to Lebanon. The acronym NGOs was mentioned in the interview. Now, NGOs stands for non-governmental organisations. A waste dump is a place where all our rubbish goes. So when we put things in the bin, a truck usually comes and picks it up and takes it to the waste dump. You can also visit the waste dump and put your own things in there. Now, Adeline used the word trash and in Australian English, we actually don't use that word so much. We know what it means, but the word we use in Australia is usually rubbish. Trash is a word that is often used by Americans or Canadians. You would have heard the term in our day-to-day lives. Now, that means something that we do every day. So if we do something in our day-to-day lives, you will notice that it's something like having lunch We have lunch every day or maybe you go to school every day. It's something that you do uh, all the time. I love the phrase ebb and flow and that was used in the interview. A good image for this is when you see the water from the ocean come in and then it goes out. So it's like something is coming and then it's going, coming and going. So it's a pattern that's happening like this. It could be going forward and then it's coming backwards. Adeline started talking about things that come in bulk. Now, a lot of new stores in Australia are starting to sell things in bulk without packaging. So what I mean by packaging is the plastic that it comes in. So if I wanted to go to the supermarket, I would have to buy rice in a plastic package. Now, there are these stores that are trying to reduce plastic and you can take in your own containers. So, for instance, I could take in a jar and fill that jar with rice or with beans or with anything else. And these stores are selling it in bulk. I love the word vibrant. Now, vibrant to me is really bright colours. So, I'm thinking summertime If I'm to be honest, when I think of vibrant, I think of Jamaica and I think of all the colours that people wear there. It's very vibrant and I'm thinking Jamaica too because I just think of summer and the beaches and vibrant doesn't just have to be colours. It could be uh, your personality too, that you're very happy and you're very vibrant and excited. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented the Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. 
Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. You can also view a transcript of this interview by looking at the show's notes or visit kimslawofenglish.com. And remember, you've got this English learning thing down pat.